Is the grass really greener on the other side of the fence? Today, we will be discussing the intricacies of cross-border fandom. You could sort of call it abandoning the pitch for the field, or vice versa. In 1983, a guy named James Pomerantz published a scientific analysis of this phenomenon, the grass is greener phenomenon. And he said, the grass, it was called, the grass is always greener, an ecological analysis of an old aphorism. And he discovered that due to the laws of perception and optics, at a distance, the blades of grass do really appear to be greener. This is so because, uh, the, the, because when we see them, they're at a perpendicular angle to the ground, and hence we see green. Even the field of psychology has spoken of the gra uh, greener grass uh, uh, phenomenon, by which uh, modern individuals persistently evaluate supposedly better alternatives for themselves. So... We stare across the street, across cultures, across borders, and the power of this occurrence uh, persists, even though we know the grass may not be necessarily uh, greener on the other side. So this is uh, meant to incite conversation. This is not conjecture nor conspiracy, but it's clear to me that the United States military and the National Football League have a simpatico relationship, a shared history, you could call it. You need not look up at the jets flying overhead prior to kickoff to see evidence of this. A report published in May of 2015 stated that between 2011 and 2014, the United States Defense Department, Department of Defense, paid nearly $5.4 in advertising dollars to 14 NFL teams, the bulk of which, $5.3 million, was supplied by the National Guard, the rest paid by Army and Air Force. So the seemingly earnest salutes to soldiers, the halftime productions by the local football teams were paid advertisements by the federal government on behalf, on behalf of the United States military. Ravens, Bills, Bengals, Browns, Cowboys, Colts, Chiefs, Dolphins, Vikings, Steelers, Rams, and Jets. Uh, Patrick Doherty, a spokesman for the Guard, said, promoting and increasing the public's understanding and appreciation of military service in the New Jersey Army National Guard increases the propensity for service in our ranks and garners public support for our hometown team. So it was these feelings that led me in search of, 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 these, of my feelings of uh, anti-militaristic ideas that led me in search of a greener prairie. And long ago, I left the pastures of American football, and to me, what is its war, nostalgia, and its identity, um, that I no longer found sustainable or up-to-date considering America's new political reality. So I thought, for me, those greener past pastures were in the allegor allegorical green fields of football, specifically the green fields of the Mexican national team. Now, I do recognize and I'm aware that FIFA's top-down FIFA's top-down corruption and, of course, of the Mexican Soccer Federation's politics of profit over soccer, but still, I find myself hopelessly captivated with the act of following the Mexican national team, even though I know, perhaps in the back of my mind, I may be part of that problem. So the business of soccer is not winning championships, but buying and selling players, and, of course, corporate sponsorship and mexico has found quite a niche is they, they they excel at doing both the mexican writer juan villoro said in mexico soccer is what happens between commercials and sometimes during it's perfect to a very unique system two short season formats it's brilliant it's it's almost as brilliant as tostilocos two times a year mexico has a mini champion a tv ratings dream Soccer uh, continuity pushed aside for ratings. No coincidence that the Mexican national team is in such disarray all the time. But what I do see is a silver lining in this greener grass syndrome because this greener grass uh, leads to kind of a, a bicultural fandom, a very unique kind of bicultural fandom along the USA-Mexico border that I think is mutually beneficial. The Mexican Federation and its business partner Televisa needs Mexicans on the U.S. side of the border to buy their product, you know, sometimes paying up to three times more than uh, ticket price than they do they would in Mexico. And the NFL needs new fans. They need worldwide fans, Mexican fans, to buy their product. So, you know, the, the NFL is shooting for a 25 
billion in profits by 2027. These new customers have to come from somewhere. The, on the other hand, the Mexican, the federal, the, the Mexican Federation wants to win just five games at the World Cup. So somebody needs to, you know, there needs to be like a mutual bankrolling of these future objectives. I propose that maybe, perhaps, in a future, this uh, Amer uh, Mexican Americans with the sense of American irony and sardonic wit might. Uh, force the hand of the Mexican Federation and maybe finally we'll remove all the corny ads and we won't have Chicharito praying at, at, the, at, the half, at, the, at, the, at the halfway line. Or maybe the Mexican sense, the collectivist values will change the face of American football from a militaristic endeavor to something different yet to be seen. Or maybe perhaps these are all just, you know, unsavory tricks used to keep the veneer always looking so green. And that's what we want to talk about today on Grandstand Podcast. Episode 2 of Grandstand Podcast. Today with us, we have Daniel Iglesias, a local beat reporter for a Tijuana newspaper that uh, covers sports in Tijuana and also the San Diego Chargers. With me as well is, uh, once again, my, my cousin Manny from New York City, checking in. And uh, Mario Garcia, of course, your host, talking today here on Grandstand Podcast. So, Daniel, I want to ask you a question um, sure. regarding that. Do you consider yourself a bigger football fan or football fan? Yeah, I would say, if I'm honest with myself, I'm probably a, a bigger soccer fan. But it depends on the season. Like, in fall season, I'm all football, uh, American football, because most leagues are just getting started. And, and once, once football is done and... You, I can just jump in and, and catch the middle of the season of most European leagues and uh, the Champions League and just when it starts to get good, just when things start getting spiced up and uh, the more drama starts occurring. Right now it's kind of slow in Europe and I stopped watching Mexican League after a while. I know I probably missed the the first tournament of the year, the, the Apertura, but I usually catch a little bit of the Clausura and a little bit of the playoffs. So of apertura but uh yes during the fall i'm all football it's just I, I wait all year for this season it's so much fun and uh such a good show and uh and yeah i i don't know maybe it is because of the grass is greener um thing you were talking about maybe it's just because it's foreign to me that i find it so interesting but um yeah. but it, yes I, I like it and it's a it's fun i like how they're trying to approach more international uh, fans and get more fans from all over the world. I think Mexico is the second country that, that watches football, or NFL at least, after the U.S. and then like Canada and Brazil and, and the U.K. So now the NFL having games all over at Wembley is a good sign. And then the talks of NFL coming back to Mexico to play a game at Azteca uh, seem to be soon to become a reality again. And um, so yeah, so like I think you attribute like, it to the proximity and then access to to, you know, in, basically you're in similar time zones, so therefore the games come on at the same time that they do in the states. Do you yeah, you attribute definitely. it to those two things? Yeah, definitely. But there's also like a, a rich history of, of football in Mexico. I don't know why, to be honest. Maybe it's because of American occupation, and then they saw people playing it and they liked it. But in Mexico City, there's like schools that've been playing it since black and white television with like the, the pigskin and the and the leather helmets helmets so it's, it's it's not a new thing i mean some cities have it more developed than others but uh it's, it's definitely not a not a new thing in, in mexican culture it's not the biggest sport it's not nearly as popular as baseball or box or or, or soccer which is the main thing but it's definitely a, a big uh, a considerable market to the point that the big TV stations buy the rights for the NFL to show the games here on every Sunday. 
So, so on a personal level, did, how did you? What was your entry into it? Uh, well, it was when I started uh, studying abroad in the U.S. I and um, I was, uh, it was my freshman year at high school, and I mean, I already watched football before. I, I think I had like a Sega Genesis game of football, and I knew about it. And I remember watching Super Bowls or going to a game every now and then with my dad, but. When I really, really started getting into it was when I when I moved to the U.S. to study, and then um, I remember I was like, okay, since I'm gonna be studying in the U.S., might as well do the most American things I can think of. So right. I signed up for the <laughs> I signed up for the football team, the JV football team, and I started playing and I liked it. And then I, I took. Oh, it so you actually action. played? You actually played yes. football? What yeah, position? Yeah. I was a safety, long snapper, and wide receiver. It was a small team, so we had to play on all three faces. <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, yeah, so after that, I, I started liking it. But then it kind of uh, dissipated, and I started going, leaning back again towards soccer. That was around the time where Pumas won their back-to-back -back championship. So I got really into it. And then, uh, yeah, football will always be in the back of my mind. But until recently, once I started working as a journalism, that's when I really got uh, passionate about it again because I noticed it was a perfect niche for me because everybody, all the other, all my other colleagues or most of my colleagues are all soccer, are, are all about soccer. So there's no, there's not a lot of chances to stand out in in, in soccer because everybody thinks they're the experts and they have the best opinions <laughs> and since it's like the national sport, everybody comments on it. But then there's only a handful of us that like and co and comprehend football so I saw I saw to myself this is my this is gonna be my niche so I started really getting into it started going to the local high school and college games and, and then the Chargers and just enjoyed so far uh, uh, so far I I had a I opened up a blog site and it's growing on Facebook and I think it's a it's, it's a good opportunity uh, to grow faster way faster than if I would have stuck to just covering to covering soccer where there's enough uh, supply to cover the demand whereas in football there's not enough supply to cover the, the demand and because the in it's weird because the football fans in mexico are like the soccer fans in in the u.s they're snobbish i mean people that watch football <laughs> in mexico are, are not like working class they have to have some sort of status because football is an expensive sport you know like Absolutely. not not every school has it and probably the private schools are like the larger High school, public schools have it. So, then, and you need to have some understanding of English too. So, it is kind of an elite sport in, in a sense. Not not as much as, not as much as tennis or, or golf, but it's, it's definitely up there. So, uh, so yes, they're like really snobbish. If they they can tell right away when a, when a reporter or a journalist is not a it's not specialized in football. They'll be like, oh, this guy's just uh, a soccer guy. Just covering a football guy and, so um, from your perspective from your from your from from what you've you know considering you're in you're you're there you're in the action do you yeah. see football um gaining the same kind of popularity and ever having parity with baseball in mexico or is it is it kind of like like you said it's just a niche and it's going to kind of stay in a very specific niche and 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 or do you see it you know, as you were mentioning earlier, you know that the NFL is returning to, you know, Mexico being the second, the second uh, number two in, in viewership, uh, and also yeah. the NFL in Mexico. So your question so you, is, you see it growing that much? Yeah, I think I think if because there's also talks about about having a professional league finally in Mexico. So if that does become tr true and materializes, I think football is way more spectacular than baseball and it could really knock it off and, and move up a couple of uh, spots up in the popularity. But of course, never as much as soccer. Soccer will always be the, the national sport here. But yes, I think it has a, a chance to grow. And um, yeah, since and whenever people do watch a game like a Super Bowl or a championship games, they're usually fun to watch and exciting. People have a good memory of them. So uh, it's, I think that makes it more attractive because sometimes in baseball, you have a slow game. And it might not be as fun to watch. And, and I, I, I read somewhere that like the baseball league, the national baseball league in Mexico is not doing that well in viewership and attendance. So I think it's, it's definitely a chance for football to grow and become. So a, how do you see? How do you see? Um, how do you see? 
how do you see the game changing as it as it kind of takes on a, a more you know in in baseball there is this idea that that um that in, in America they they play for the long they play the long ball they play a different kind of baseball and in Mexico the the emphasis is on pitchers that can throw breaking balls and kind of small ball not not so much you know not, basically it, it, a reinterpretation of kind of how to score runs and how to play how to how to defend how do you do you see do you see some things that are kind of uh, in their nascent stage that are going to that are going to be different in Mexico once once this kind of takes ground and, or takes root? Are you talking about baseball or football? Or, um, football. I'm, I'm saying like, yeah. how do you see that in football? Like, how do you see a, a Mexican sensibility well, changing the way that the game's played? Well, it's, it is definitely different because physically Mexicans are different than Americans. Uh, right away, like the college teams are the linemen are not as huge as the, as the linemen in the NCAA. So I, I'm not exactly sure how different it is, but I'm sure it has to be notoriously different the way it's played because coaches have to adapt to the players they have here. Uh, but I, I wouldn't know how specifically to define it. But yes, uh, and also I remember how you were saying that the football reminds you a lot of military culture. I think so too. I, that reminded me of a Grand Theft Auto commercial, one of those fake ones they have on the games. <laughs> It was really funny. It was like a talk show, and and it's like so, a redneck. So, so going off of that, do you see? So, so as a a bicultural person, but as a person who grew up in in Tijuana in Mexico, mm -hmm. do you see those 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 military symbols? Do they? Of course, they of course. Cringe? The guy, do they make you cringe the same way that maybe it makes me cringe? I, I suppose a little bit, but also find it funny because I remember the ad. The commercial saying like football now that's a real man american sport because mm -hmm. it teaches you how to take land by force and you get to wear ties while doing it right <laughs> so i mean it, it it does it does teach like a aggressive stand to like take land by force and work as a team and attack and invade and all these uh things but i mean yeah that's maybe that's the thing that makes you cringe but i also sense a lot of unity you know because like uh in, in the Whenever the sports team is, uh, whenever a sports event like that is about to begin, they sing the national anthem. The jets fly. They do this whole big ceremony to, like, to repeat the, the sense of patriotism. I wish they would do more of that in Mexico. You know, like have, have someone sing the national anthem before every game, mm. or have some sort of uh, flag come out or something. But, but I guess it's not. It's just and that's not why I guess that's why I think like so. If you take something that is quintessentially American, because It is a quintessential American activity, um, and and you remove it from from the from the context of that 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 it was that it was born under or created under, and now all of a sudden you put it in a different country. Not that Mexico doesn't have violent nor militaristic tendencies. We, I, I you know, Mexico mm -hmm. is of course a very violent country, uh, but put it put in the context of, of of the country of Mexico. How do you? That's that's. I, I guess that's what I'm most curious of. And Manny, if you want to jump in and you want to offer, you want to kind of throw something in there. Uh, how do you see? Do you see those same metaphors just being just like adapted for for Mexican audiences, or do you see something completely different? You know, and and I, I'm going to return to that too, to kind of the kind of like, do you see something on par with the antics that we see in Copa? In the in Copa America, sort of the the, the Mexican uh, national, the Mexican soccer league. Are you, but you're but you're asking about fo you're saying football, football in particular, yes. So as it as it transfers into as it goes into Mexico and it reaches a wider audience, and like 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 Daniel was saying, you know, the players are are, are smaller, and therefore you're going to have to play a different game, and 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 it basically it's it's going to change on like a on like a physical level, but also metaphorically. How will it be interpreted by 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 you know the Mexican the Mexican audience? What are they gonna you know what is it? How are those metaphors gonna be different, or is it just gonna be straight up like you know take take land by force? You know get to the end zone, reach the objective. Your quarterback is your general, leads you the hundred yards, and, and and you reach the objective, and you know you're the winner. Even you Look. know it's funny because the word for quarterback in Spanish is mariscal, which is like a field general. Right. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll stick. I mean, the essentials of the the essence of the game will remain, which is teamwork, work together to beat your rival and and take their land. And the defense has to do the same. Like work together to prevent the invaders to take their land and push back. Right. So so I think those that, that essence will remain. 
And uh, I think that makes it attractive for, for viewers because it is kind of like a war simulation, but with physical contact. Yeah. And, uh, mm -hmm. It's a perfect game for returning soldiers from a world war. And, you know, I think, you know, obviously I think that that's what replaced the, that's what replaced, the, that's what replaced, football replaced baseball as a national pastime because it was something more that, that, that returning soldiers could more viscerally relate to. You know, this mm -hmm. idea of like, it reminds you of that. I've, I've mentioned this, I mean, I'm going to continue mentioning this, of the wartime camaraderie, you know. It's, a, it's definitely. That all the symbols. It's no coincidence that, that. Texas is, you know, the mecca of football, right? Yeah, um, yes, absolutely. What I think is 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 something to to think about is, I mean, I think we we are about to we're kind of seeing it, but but I think we're really going to start witnessing the game uh, changing here. As far as, um, I mean, we're we're already seeing seeing it as far as um, little rules made to protect the quarterback. Um, and, and as these lawsuits keep coming, as the research keep, keeps coming out, um, the NFL is going to have no choice but to modify the way the game's played, just simply in the physicality of the game. Um, <laughs> now, so, so what would be interesting, what would be funny, would be if um, uh, that's going to be where, if the game does um, start spreading and, and growing in Mexico, the difference that'll be there is that all the the rules, um, the rules to pr to protect uh, the quarterback and to, and to prevent you know concussions, um, in Mexico will be like no man that's we'll, we'll that's cool over here like well we're not gonna make actually any of those. you know what I, I not, there's a big difference now that I remember the huge difference I noticed is the culture of treating the refs because people are so influenced with soccer here. They think it's mm -hmm. the same, or the, even the players, to go and nag at the at the ref mm -hmm. for a bad call. Oh, that's you know, like, hilarious. Like, like they would do it in a soccer match. So like people really get on, uh, on refs on the refs back whenever they miss a call or something. So I think I think that's way super different than whenever I saw a football match in the U.S. where they kind of go like, okay, he made a messed up, but he's still the law and we'll will abide by whatever he says. Yeah, that's but, that's part of Protestant values of America. You dude, know? I wonder. Like, if, I wonder if that's it, right? The It'll be if you can look to you can look to some of the characteristics of soccer, um, and see how some of those might end up kind of being incorporated into the way the way football is played. Maybe, I, I see I see players like going up to the rest face, be like, "How can you call that?" And I see parents like screaming at the refs. It, it's 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 weird because that's not how you how you see it on TV. You just all right, next snap, next play, whatever, forget about it. But people like stick on our uh, and they start yelling puto at the ref and like the whole <laughs> the similar things you start seeing with soccer but implemented in, in football like whenever the other team is going to do the kickoff everyone's like eh puto stuff like that mm, so that yeah. will be the that will be maybe the, one of, some of the cultural things of, that would be uh, uh, implemented in, in American football in Mexico hmm in the in the in in the research as to why soccer is not a not a hit in in America um, that's one of the big reasons that's that that's that Americans give as to why they hate soccer is because of um, because they're so disgusted by the by the dis, by the dishonesty of flopping in the game, which which I think is hilarious. I think I I happen to think it, it's a it's a manifestation, of course, again of 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 a Puritan Protestant values versus Catholic values, and it, I, I I really think that when you have Two two societies that are are founded upon the different principles of Protestantism and the, and the work ethic, and then of Catholicism, uh, especially in Mexico, was founded by uh, wine drinking friars. It's a very different approach to uh, to flopping. Manny, I want to ask you something. Um, let's 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 switch the table. So we kind of got into like the the, the, the idea of. of football and and as the way that Daniel sees it from his point of view and and kind of how the game could potentially be changed and he mentioned that, you know these the the, the the idea of the metaphors being different how do you see um, from your perspective well first of all are you a football fan or a football fan Manny um I watch I watch more uh, football 
um, but I I become a lot more strongly emotionally invested in in football. Why is that? Um, I'm not sure. I I mean I I think there's more. Uh, I I think I just have a lot more emotional attachment to to what. Um, uh, to what the the Mexican team represents for me, than um, than say than what the Chargers um, represent for me, and, and part of it might just be, um, yeah, I guess I mean I I I didn't grow up in a football in a football family like I um, uh, I mentioned before, you know, my dad being you know from his time living in the Bay Area, he was a Forty Nine er fan. And so you know he kind of he passed that on to me, but but as far as like sitting down and watching football with him, um, that just never was the case. Um, I but I would um, I would watch soccer with him, and so I think there's just more. I just have more of a uh, more of a nostalgic and just more of an emotional tie to to mainly to to national team play um, soccer because um, he was also he was a Chivas fan, but. Um, and I just never, I, so as a kid, I always just kind of saw myself as also, as a Chivas fan too. But, um, you know, I, I just never, right now I'd consider myself more of a Cholos fan than anything uh, as far as club level. But, um, uh, but yeah, so, so with, with, so with football, it's just not, um, but, but, but I watch it more just cause, um, uh, it's easier. It's easier. Yeah, America, yeah. It's yeah. it's just it's just yeah. It is. It's easier. I I like I like the fact that football is just you know it's it's got a it's got a set routine. You know, it's every Sunday at at generally the same time um, for just you know about five hours. U- usually for us, sixteen weeks. Um, <laughs> and so right, and and it's not just NFL. Like you know that Fridays are for high school. Sundays, I mean Saturdays are for college, and then Sundays. So there is a nice ritual. Yeah, right, and and, and even and, but, and with that said, I don't I don't follow. Never had, never was interested in high school football. Never never was interested in um in in still not interested at all in college football. Um, um, I I I won't even really sit down and watch if if it's not the Chargers, I'm not really I don't really have interest to sit down and watch a, a game. Um, what about the Super Bowl or like the yeah yeah NFC championship. Yes. Or NFC uh, Super Bowl, yeah. So you're a greener grass, you're a greener grass em- entry into into soccer, into football, was 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 based on this uh, need. Uh, am I hearing correct that maybe it was a a yearning or a longing for joining some kind of like national identity with something, or am I putting words in your mouth? Um, I'd say more of a cultural identity than a national one, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. How would you distinguish between the two? I'm just curious. Because it's it's more of a like I, I I it's not so much of a an attachment to the to the nation of Mexico, but rather to the to to Mexican culture and at least Mexican culture in the way that I was uh, brought up within it. I, I I don't see that as the same as as this kind of allegiance to to the to the nation to the to the nation. Right. And is and is that Daniel what makes um, maybe someone who grew up in Mexico this idea of of, of the potential uh, 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 allegiance to the nation is that is that cringe inducing for you considering the the political instability of Mexico and the crime and and everything that is not working right now when I spoke earlier about cringe inducing symbols for me it's the militaristic the the overt militaristic symbols in football right. Now, for a for for you being the the the, uh, the the person who grew up on the other side, is the the connection on this side from Mexicans the the nationalistic identity, the nationalistic connection or allegiance is that cringe-inducing for somebody who's in Mexico and and doesn't necessarily see the idea of Mexico as a nation state as being this rosy perfect place that is worth celebrating? No, that- I don't think I don't think those things come up to my mind. Uh, because okay. there's no, like I said, there's no singing of the national anthem prior to the game or big anything to like reestablish the sense of patriotism or anything. It's different. Like I, I think Mexicans don't act like they don't care about being Mexicans most of the time. 
uh-huh. not, not, not as a, like Americans, like they're always so proud of being Americans. And uh, I mean, the only time I hear people really singing the national anthem is is when when is the World Cup during the assemblies. Uh, when I was growing up in school, like you were you were laughed at if you were you were seen like a teacher's pet if you were actually singing along or, or like right. attention. Right. So, well, so I like, think nationalism. Uh, so, so maybe now we're getting into something different. But I think nationalism as a whole is seen as something passe, right? Because you know it was, after all, nationalism that brought us, you know, uh, fascism and, and and dictatorships in Europe and in in World War Two. So it's kind of the story been told to us is like, beware of this idea of identifying too closely to to the nationalistic ties. And as Manny makes sense, you're you're, you're speaking about the cultural. So. Either one of you, is there something from either your perspective on the USA side, Manny, or from for you, uh, uh, Daniel, on the Mexican side? What are those cringe-inducing symbols or metaphors, or uh, that that when you see a Mexican soccer game or the Mexican national team play, that you go, "Oh my God, that's like that's so embarrassing." When okay, in soccer, in Mexican soccer specifically, is when I see so many ads, like <laughs> when I see like a, a, a take of the field and then they go a little bit up and then you see like a uh, a 3d car that pops out of nowhere and, and advertises a uh, wheels or, or or tires or whatever i don't know but it, it kind of interrupts the flow of the game and then you see all the jerseys filled with uh with uh advertising and the banners everywhere and so it's, i think it's, it's a little bit too much and then you start seeing the focus of Okay, this this is a business after all. It's not a it's not a really a it's not so much. Really? I mean, it is a sport, but it's it's first and foremost is a business. So that's what makes me cringe because they keep saying, "Oh, we're doing this to help uh, rise the level of of competitivity and all this and that. We're gonna require more young kids to play and all this and that." But I don't see that much growth. I see more foreigners coming in than playing in Mexico. Thirty-two percent. Yes, and then they make them. They make they're making like immigration fast track so they can become Mexican right. citizens like in two years, so they don't count as a as an international player anymore. So those type of things make me cringe because they're like their own the the own Mexican league is turning the back on Mexican players, and because it's at the end of the day, they all they care is like, can you score goals? Can you fill up stadiums? So I don't care where you're from. Uh, right. Or, right. So yeah, that, Chol- I heard Cholos. Yes, Cholos is a perfect example for that. I mean, some people actually are upset Cholos and they call the it the team with the. Yeah, they were. They were. They were in, for a while. I think right now it's, it's America, where the team where it has most players not born in Mexico, but a lot of them have Mexican nationality. Right. And then Cholos has the most uh, Mexican nationals that that are you know that are that that were naturalized. Yes, uh, like I said, I think that was a couple of years. They're ago. all from here, from from the San Diego yeah. from north side of the border and then that's, now that you speak of what? cholos that's another issue some fans <laughs> here are upset because they think it should be actually called the san diego cholos because it seems the marketing is 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 uh target towards the other side of the border where there's more money yeah that's, that's where the, the money is to- i mean the, the cholos very clearly are um explicitly are, are trying to brand themselves as a um as a bi-regional um uh, team and so, in with that said, um, the 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 word is that that Tecate is going to be uh, replaced as the beer sponsor uh, by Budweiser in in uh, in in either the next or or in a couple upcoming seasons, um, just to further uh, to further piss uh, piss them off down there. In, in yeah, TJ. and when they build a new Charger Stadium, they're going to play five games over here. <laughs> yeah, no, probably. Yeah. So I. Let me talk about what makes me cringe. Uh, um, um, so it's very clear that I I've, I cringe when I see some some of the militaristic things only because I think that um, as as uh, as as as, um, as America, United States, it, it looks forward to 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 a new identity in this in this global society. One of the things that I think that America has has, has come to terms with is that. One, eventually they're not going to be the the global power that they were for a long time. And if they are, they're going to have to do it. They're going to have to, to go about it in a more, um, in a more, in a more subversive way, in a, in, a, in a calmer, more subtler way. And I feel like, like 
football, like we said earlier, is a remnant of this past that 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 kind of is 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 uh, kind of on its last legs. You know, this idea of you know the U.S. is going to conquer and take over everything by brute force. You know, and and we have uh, drones and we have all these things that that kind of are. Are, are, are kind of the, the way we fight wars now are, are definitely in, in a more in a more off the radar more I guess uh, s- uh, more sanitized if that's what you want to call it because murder's still happening um, but I feel like this idea of CTE of families mothers not letting their kids play football because they're afraid of brain injury this these metaphors that are so tied to this militaristic uh, I- idea are 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 going to slowly evolve into something else or else football is going to go the way of boxing and it's going to kind of be on the fringes and as we were saying um it's going to maybe find its new home in mexico and how interesting that will be and how interesting it is that you know through maybe this this greener grass idea which which we started the conversation with and maybe this idea of these these mexicans uh, fans looking to the north and saying, "What is this football thing? Let's take it over here. Let's make it ours, and you know, and 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 see what kind of what kind of grows off of that." Um, so again, I think that when I see when I watch a football game and I see a bald eagle fly on the field, and I see planes flying overhead, I think it's just such an outdated way of looking at at at, at the at the American experience, and that it's that that's that's gonna fade. And it's going to remain. It's not going to. It's not going to completely go into obscurity. But it's going to. It's going to be. You know, in a in a in a in a very in a in a very segment. It's going to be available. It's going to be in a very separate part. It's no longer going to be part of the major narrative. Um, I keep thinking basketball will take over, and not soccer will take over as a national pastime in America. And what makes me cringe when I watch Mexican soccer is yes, the ads. But but more than that is the haircuts. <laughs> yeah, you can blame Cristiano Ronaldo, Beckham, yes. Neymar, all, me all, those, all those guys for those for that fashion it's style. Like, it's like when you make a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, eventually it starts to get blurry. And I every time I see a, a messed up haircut, I wonder. I'm like, wonder how this haircut started. You know, yeah. what, what 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 was the original intent behind it? Um, and of course, the Chicharito antics always crack me up, um, especially when he prays in midfield. It's not so much that he's praying or that. It's just I just think it's funny that you know he's the Mexican Tim Tebow man. He's like over exactly. religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's good that so, you're religious, but it's just just don't rub it on people's faces. <laughs> like be like Drew Brees. He's super religious, but he's not he's not like preaching out every time or anything. It's just. So I'm going to ask one last question and, and see what your, your parting thoughts on this. B- 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 before what? before your, your last question, because uh, this idea of, of, of cringe-inducing, as we're discussing soccer and football, um, so when, when, when I see uh, I don't, the behavior of football fans, like NFL football fans, um, just kind of, I don't know, like I, I wouldn't go as far as saying it annoys me, but I just kind of like, ugh, right? Like, um, like when, when the camera pans on the, you know, West end zone or whatever of the chargers and like, I just, uh, and that's like a joke between me and like whoever, if I'm watching the game, we say Peter, someone here and I'm like, God, ah, dude, I like, it's so embarrassing. Like, it's so embarrassing for me. Like the, like they're, they're the representation of San Diego. Um, but but then here's here's the the ironic thing, on the, on the other hand, um, when it comes to Mexican fans and and every time they they chant, puto, right. during a kick, that's what should be embarrassed. That should be making me cringe. Right. Yet, I kind of right. love it. I love it too. <laughs> I and that it. makes no fucking sense. Um, it and so do you, uh, so you love it, Daniel. How do you feel about it? I would imagine that maybe if for you, it would probably make you cringe. No, well, I think of football fans, or at least the ones I've seen, or I mean, American sports fan in general. Yeah, they'll they'll show passion and they'll scream and do their thing. But I always kind of see it as a PG thirteen type of thing. Like they'll never go 
to like fist fighting or do something crazy like a like a Latin South American soccer fan, you know. So, from I kind of see them as a harmless in many aspects. So um, yeah, because I don't know they're they're well behaved. I suppose they know if they do something, like cops are gonna get them or I don't know. But uh, I think in both sides, uh, both cases, uh, the fans you see on TV are like working class. One is like the American working class, and the other is like the Mexican working class. They both have their limitations, you know, because or lack of education, or maybe it's their little bit of ignorance, call it homophobia or or uh, racism or whatnot. So I just think it's it is whether we like it or not a, a representation of the majority of of our fellow countrymen. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, like yeah, I mean, and now that you also mention all these cringing things and like uh, lost ideals or whatever, it's also uh, interesting how in football, kind of, despite the whole civil rights movement and and like being politically correct and all, you still notice that the the guy in charge is the white the white man. Right. The quarterback is white and he's commanding this army of of black peons. Right. So. <laughs> that, that's also and like black, he's always gonna be fast and you know he's always an option quarterback eventually i think eventually black quarterbacks will learn how to actually play like peyton manning but not yet but with that i mean you know the, the sports as as an institution you know it's 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 going to reflect uh reflect our society but with that said i do think sports out of out of all of our institutions is usually on the forefront of uh, of racial progress. I agree. And you know what other kind of what what other institution is kind of there close to it? The military. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They figured. Which, yeah. Let's be inclusive. We and have more it, soldiers. And it all. So there's no getting it, away and, from it, the military. And it all circles back. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, the only thing they need to get over is the fact that there's gay players. Because once they start True. accepting them and, and not caring, as long as they perform on the field, then they'll have even more players to pick from. But uh, that's that's the next obstacle that sports, professional sports, needs to overtake. That that'll be episode four. That'll what? That'll be episode four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, I mean, uh, in, in women's sports, they've done it. Um, there's a lot of lesbians, in, but this it's not as frowned upon or anything. But still, there's a uh, there's yet to be a, a good. Uh, like an icon, a sports icon that's openly gay. Well, because I mean, because uh, our sports, I, I guarantee you, it'd be a lot easier for for. Well, I don't know, but uh, a a good portion of our athletes um, come from a certain come from a certain racial uh, class background, where you know, like this idea of demas being demasculated is is a is a big thing. It's a big fear. Um, and so that obviously plays a, plays a big part, but, um, no, that, that we'll, we'll see change in that real quick, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's, so here's my, uh, my, my final question, um, getting back to the silver lining and I think we've kind of covered it more or less, but, um, Jose Vasconcelos, a guy who wrote a book called Raza Cosmica, uh, referred to the cosmic race as the, um, the, the, the return of the brown man to the United States of America, or the lands taken from, uh, from Mexico, as, as the kind of the, the healing, the, the healing of the nation and of the new beginning of a new, new identity, a new, a new exchange. And I think that what we discussed today this idea, this concept of we, we kind of discussed it as football going across the border to Mexico and how it will change and how it will evolve into something maybe similar from a militaristic uh, metaphor standpoint or it'll be something completely different. But as far as soccer, as it as it becomes part of the as it becomes Americanized through the experience of, of, of Mexican fans that root for the Mexican national team who have a, who, who watch their games on Univision and not Televisa. 
because that that broadcast is completely different. You know, <laughs> if you guys have ever like paid attention, but um, I'm sure you guys have. But um, how is that? Uh, that that uh, that I want to. I'm going to call it American irony. Going to change? Uh, is it going to have any effect on the Mexican fan in the United States? And how the how how Televisa and the Mexican national team or the Mexican federation market soccer, and will it ever will it have enough of an effect, enough of an influence to create an effect in the way either the game is played, the game is marketed, or the game is you know is is um, um well yeah played or marketed. Anything. Well, I think Univision and Televisa are the same thing. It's just. Univision is, the, is Televisa in the United States. Yeah, but the language is different. The ads are different. The, the, yeah, yeah, because they're they're, they're, they're aiming to a different target. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. I, I, they have Perro Bermudez right as their main commentator right. now. So they're they're playing on they're playing on nostalgia from for, for like Mexican immigrants in in the U.S. Because right. right here he's he's not despised, but everybody's like over him, you know. Because they're sick they of him. They see him as a senile person who says the same things over and over. Yeah. His 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 yeah. time has passed. So I'm not. I'm guessing Martinoli is going to end up at some point in the U.S. too, and yeah. Luis Garcia and, and then that. But um, you can start definitely seeing some some of the things you're mentioning right now because most of the teams play their preseason games in the U.S. now, like right before the right before the tournament starts. So it's it's similar. The marketing is similar. Will enough Mexican of it get back team? to the Mexican Federation to change the way the game is played or, or sold? Or let's just say played, because we already know it's changing how it's being sold, but let's just say played. Will it have an effect? I think so. They'll they'll go and get more Mexican-Americans like Cholo is, because even if they don't need them, Cholo goes out and looks for Mexican-Americans just to market them, so make it more appealing to kids on the other side of the border. I mean, Michael Orozco should have nothing to do with Cholos, but Cholos feel like they always have to have a Mexican American on their squad, so I'm guessing if if other teams start to realize, hey, there's there's we can make money if we have a, a Mexican American in our team, that might change the way it's played because they're gonna have they're gonna have to go out and scout more people over there, right. and uh, and maybe they're not as talented, but they don't care. They're willing to sacrifice a little bit if that make that gives them more money or more audience. So it could, at the end of the day, the the thing that drives this whole thing is money. How I make more money. So I think I mean yes, it's 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 definitely going to be be sold differently. I think as far as how it's played differently, I think that's a, a harder question. But um, but I think one thing to 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 consider there goes the helicopters. Are we going to be are we ta- are we looking at a at a demographic here of of Mexican Americans um, who are say who are multiple generations deep already here who who have already been through uh multiple generations of assimilation here or um you know and and because say the replenishing of new immigrants is going to be drastically uh cut down or is it going to be still be a population with that is continue continuously being replenished with newly arrived immigrants from mexico and if that's the case, I think that completely changes. Um, it completely changes the way, the way that that um, executives of, in within some world in Femex and everything, you know, all the people involved, um, the way they're going to try to sell the game here to, you know. So basically, the question is, what type of Mexicans are we talking about here? Are we well, talk- I don't we- think anymore. I don't think we're going to have. I don't think we're going to have the same numbers we had in the past. 10 or 15 years i think that of, that, of, new, of newly arrived yeah that's right that trend that trend has has more or less stopped right right um so so well one what do you think yeah i mean will they be able to hang on to those to those maybe second generation fans uh will they be even be able to hang on to the first generation fan but will it be enough to influence not just the business side but the actual gameplay the actual gameplay that's the only way I could think of is if the game, if like the whole argument you were saying that had to do with being a Protestant or Catholic country, the only right. way I could see a change it is if players stop flopping in Mexican soccer all of a sudden because <laughs> they realize that their fans in the U.S. don't like that. But, but that, that, that could be one way, but but mm-hmm. it's all speculating. We don't we don't know if it's ever going to happen. Maybe I mean it could. In, 
<laughs> and I like I like that I like using that yeah that metaphor. Uh, it's, so flopping is like you you flop in you 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 cheat you do what you you do something wrong and you just apologize for it later. Um, I guess I'm assuming that's part of what what you're getting at with that. But um, no matter how many generations deep a, a Mexican is here, they're always going to be Catholic. It's true. Which well, so in other words, they're always going to be for flopping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the change the gameplay that's really hard. I don't. That's a really I don't, hard question. I don't, I don't see how, but I do. I do. I do think that maybe one of the things that you know, uh, Manny sent me this um, this this text, uh, this YouTube link the other day about this kid who was uh, the goalie for the for the U seventeen uh, team. For on the Mexican side, the, the Mexican team, and, and uh, I watched this video, and he the, he's being interviewed, and he used to play with the United States. He was on the U.S. Uh, you know U15, U12 team, and you know he eventually he 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 made the crossover. He left the U.S. team, and and one of his one of his things was kind of the treatment he was getting, and from from the from you know. He, he was asked a question, you know, about was it racism? And I thought he very, very intelligently responded, no, it wasn't racism. Racism is too strong a word. He says it was some, it was more cultural. And then, and then he went on to say, you know, I have respect for my teammates, uh, more or less. It wasn't about the teammates. It was about the way the Federation treated me. And I think that this idea of, of this uh, – for as long as, as the United States doesn't figure out what to do with immigrants, there will be a slight resentment. And as long as there's a slight resentment, there's going to be a a, um, a, a longing or a desire to 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 bring your services, your your talents to the other side of the border if they'll take them. And if those players, even if they're maybe even one generation removed. They're going to have a different sensibility and a different approach because they will be products of the American school system, the American society. And that would be the only way that I see a change. It'll be a change that maybe won't have lasting effects, but we will maybe see some some pieces of it in, in the next 10 or 15 years.